Hello everyone, this is Caleb, your GM. A quick word before our show today. This is the last time we'll chat for a while, as next episode we'll be jumping right into the finale. Here's the schedule. Next week is the finale, the week after that is the first Q&A, which took place directly after the finale, and then the week after that is the last day for you to submit your questions for the fan-submitted Q&A, which will take place a week after that. You can submit your questions to tblazernetwork at gmail.com. Just put Q&A in the subject line. I want to thank Danny for lending both the character and voice of Jimmy Lang to us. He was such an amazing addition and made this show that much better. Thank you all for your kind words about the show. C.S. Lewis subscribed to the idea that the memory of an event was part of experiencing the event, and I can't tell you how much I agree. Talking about the show with you guys is part of how I enjoy the show, and I can't wait to talk about the finale with you guys. Speaking of which, since I won't be talking to you next episode, let me say here something I say to all my players. Ending shows is hard, and even the best shows struggle with it. I hope that you enjoyed the conclusion of this story, but either way, I hope that you remember the journey fondly. One last thing. We tried a new way of communicating combat in these last two episodes. We played normally, and at the end of our turns, we say what we did. I'm very confident that this new way is superior, but I think it's foolish to make any changes without asking your audience, so please let us know what you think about it. Last time on Trailblazers, the party stopped Psycho Squad from broadcasting something to the city that they claimed would throw it into mass chaos. The party stopped them only to discover that the information they were going to broadcast was the very same information the party had gathered from the conspirators' computers, finally decrypted by the police. Our players had partied up with Baron, Hope, Shiva, and Hannibal to spread the information during Shah's trial, allowing the police time to come up with a plan to minimize innocent casualties. The plan was successful, but after all was said and done, an assassin sent by the chairman killed Lanris's sister. The upper platform began the process to teleport to the homeworld, but Lanris barely noticed. The world is shut out. There is nothing but Lanris and Dahlia. The rest of the world is a black abyss in which there are no occupants. There is nothing but you and your sister and a spotlight careening down upon the two of you. Lanris's mind is just a buzz with all the piercing thoughts of there's no cure for his parents. And now his, his only sibling has been killed and the only person to carry on the, the, the Malleus name that forward is someone who th- he thinks is very unprepared for that role. And then he thinks about how, at least when people think the Malleus name, they will think of Dahlia and her bringing everything to light. And, and past like the, the mess of tears and the, the hardest scowl imaginable, just the, the very edges of his, of his mouth curl up just slightly, not enough to ever say it was a smile. But there was a hint of something there. And he pulls Dahlia real close and says, You changed the world, Dahlia. Victor. Yes. Hope is looking at this situation. And she reaches out and squeezes your hand. Looking at Lanris holding the limp corpse of his sister draped across his arms. With her blood spilling to the floor, splashing on his legs. The scene seems so familiar. This looks nearly exactly like when you were in Hope's memories and saw Valerian holding his dead wife so much like that. The only difference is Lanris is standing and he isn't wailing like Valerian did. Instead, his cry is silent. Hope looks at him with empathy 
the understanding that comes from someone who's lost countless friends to the annals of war, her eyes burdened with tears held back by that empathy. And without turning to you, she says, been a while since I've seen that. He lost someone he loved very much. We both lost someone we loved. She was the closest thing I had to a sister. Valerian says to you, Victor, you may be older than me, and hope you may have done a lot of growing up in your hastened life. There are still some things you have yet to fully understand. That is not the sadness of losing someone you loved. That is the sadness from the loss of someone who loved you, despite how very unlovable you believe yourself to be. And you think, for a moment, you actually see empathy from the dead eyes of Valerian. And he steps forward, and Hope tries to stop him. And he looks back at her as if to say, you know, don't worry, I understand what I'm doing. And she lets go of Baron, and he walks over to Landris. Landris, the world returns to you. You're standing holding your sister, and maybe unfortunately, the first person you see is Baron, who's standing next to you. And off just in a, a small bit of distance away is is everyone else, everyone that you do care about is Victor, uh, Hannibal, Hope, maybe he's not someone you care about, but she's standing there next to him, all looking at you. But Baron's the only one who's next to you and approached you, and he talks to you. He says, hollow, that's how it is. The sorrow is blinding at first, but when it leaves, it leaves not a dramatic feeling, but great emptiness. When you lose someone who loved you very much, you feel this big empty space and think, if I had known this was coming, I would have done things differently. They took your sister, your father, your mother, and he leans his head forward to get into your field of view. They took everything from you. The only question that remains for you is, what are you prepared to do now? Nothing that I wasn't prepared to do before, but now I'm the only person my actions reflect on. You're free from the bindings of consequence. They took my daughter, they took your family, and he turns his head ever so slightly to sort of gesture out the window into the sky where you see the upper platform shaking, and he says, let's take their dream. Don't suppose you have a plan. He sort of straightens up and looks at Hannibal. Bring up the information on Project Harbor and bring it here. And he looks at you, Lanris. Just he's, you're still holding Dahlia's limp corpse. And he and he kind of like looks you straight in the eye and says, "Now we understand one another." Don't even try to play that card. And he raises an eyebrow ever so slightly, almost as if he didn't want to, but like he caught himself at the last second. We're nothing alike. Hannibal comes over with the information and and he turns his back on you to go to the information. And as soon as that's done, like, Kintaro rushes over to you. And he doesn't know what to say. And I'm still just holding Dolly and now I'm, like, unsure what to do with her. I think Kintaro just touches you. He puts his hand on your back. He just gives you that connection and just sympathetic eyes. I, I lean back into him a little bit. I say, uh, remember when I said I wasn't going to be a psychopathic killer? Yeah. I'm going to try, but it's going to be a bit tougher to stay away from that. He kind of smirks to himself and says, well, let's just point our guns in the right direction. And he kind of looks around, feeling your conundrum, and clears off the table where um, Shah had sat at with the, um, you know, the defendant's sort of table, and he clears it off as a spot for you to put your sister down. I, I lay her down, sit down. I just walk over to them, and I look at, at Dolly's body. It stopped bleeding now for lack of blood to feed the hole. I try to meet Landris's eyes. He's kind of like looking dead down 
almost like a thousand yard stare kind of thing. I walk uh, closer to Landris and I just kind of give him a uh, one of my arms around him and then try to give him like one of those side hugs. He tries to, to meet the hug. They, they, they've hugged in tough times before. It's a little bit comforting. So he, so he turns and makes it like a full hug. I'm sorry. I know. I just I just wish it was me. If I was a little faster. If I was paying attention. You tried. Are you okay? Not yet. I meant your wound. You were <sighs> shot. I think I'll be okay. Gintaro kind of laughs to himself a little bit. It reminds me of a story. Back where I grew up in the Burnover District, this sort of like legend went around of this guy who fell out of a 10-story building. And each floor he passed, people heard him say, so far, so good. So far, so good. So far, so good. And he kind of puts his hand on your shoulder and looks at you and says, so how you doing, buddy? At the table just a few feet away from you, the uh, prosecution's table where Dahlia was, was working off of, the plans have been displayed for Project Harbor. Gentlemen, they hate to put pressure on you, but time is of the essence. I walk over there. Kentaro kind of like offers to help you up. You take his hand. When you guys go over to the other table, he doesn't let go. He holds your hand. And Baron points to sort of schematics. Schematics of the upper city. And then you see in this display, it's a sort of a 3D display, is a tower. A large floating tower in the center surrounded by six other towers. These are what they're going to be using to teleport. Now, I'm no engineer, and I don't know how they work. That kind of moves his finger over across the schematics, and it brings up the schematics of these towers. But we have the blueprints of these towers. If we can take them down, we can stop the process. I want to look at it and see what the best way to take those down are. As an engineer, this is like a second language to you. While everyone else is looking at it confused and trying to figure out what they could possibly do with it. It's like the person who, like, you hand them calculus and they've only ever been through algebra. And it's like, oh, yeah, they sit there pretending to figure it out, but they, they have no clue. There's, like, only one number. The rest are different letters and symbols. What's happening here? But you, you understand it completely and you look at it and you see how they're all connected, that... This one tower and surrounded by six others, they're all in some way feeding this one tower. And you can see crucial pieces that if you rig a certain critical system in the center tower, it'll disable the whole thing. But you know it would require a large amount of, of explosives to, to do such a thing. Okay, I'll relay that information to them and stress about the, that we need a, would need a large amount of explosive in that middle. And Hannibal kind of looks at you and says, police grade explosives? I believe I know where we could get some. You sure this will stop it, though? Oh, yeah. That's going to stop it. If that goes, they all go. Well, if we stop them from teleporting, that was what was supposed to flash burn the planet. We won't stop this Catan, but we can buy everyone time. Right. And after that, then we'll stop Catan. Okay. He turns. This courtroom has been completely cleared, by the way, by Hannibal's police officers, who are all that's left. Right now, people don't want to be in the courtroom anyway. They're rushing for whatever to see their families, to, to try to do something. It's it's riots outside. Hannibal sort of walks down with you guys following behind him, and the police are coming around you. And then Hannibal kind of stops and turns to you, Lanris, who has sort of lingered behind. Of course, Kentaro's still next to you. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do with Dolly's body? People usually just throw them in, like, the, the ocean, don't they? Mm-hmm. There's not, like, burial plots or anything. Correct. Do they cremate people? I'm sure some people. I, I, I don't know. I'm not... I never had to make this decision. Can we just... I don't know. Can you just take it somewhere for now and I'll decide later? Hannibal kind of looks at his officers and says, Bring it to the station. Put our ice in the morgue. And they nod and they go over and, and they... Your, your sister's body, but Hannibal being the intelligent man, he has sort of tries to help you come along before you have to really see them handling her body. When she is being lawyery, she wears fake glasses. I'm going to take um, her her fake glasses. Okay, then you follow along. 
Yeah. Once he's done that, I I just hang back for just a second. Then I, I walk over to her body and I place like inside her palm the silver symbol of Anubis, and I Ooh. leave it there. Remembering that he is the god of death and burial. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. You close her hand around it, and you leave with everyone else. Everybody leaves, and you guys are escorted by police, which is very helpful because right now there are riots in the city. You get into a, a police vertebrate, and you're you're escorted to the station by a couple others. You, this is you're traveling with the commissioner, right? But it's still not a ton because right now there's a lot of police going to handle this situation that has now risen. And they have the opportunity to do so because that you, you guys stopped that broadcast and you released it this way while the police did have control of their headquarters and are able to sort of coordinate things out of their station. It's a lot better than it would have been if, if, if Lang's plan went through. As you pass, as time goes on, as you get closer and closer to the headquarters, you're seeing more and more sort of riots in the street. With small arms fire, people trying to rush the, the elevators that lead up to the Upper Kadesh, and Hannibal is coordinating some things. He's a smart man. He doesn't try to make everything go through him as a funnel and a choke. He has, you know, subordinates and things. But he's coordinating a lot of the protection around the elevators because he knows that's going to be the big hot points. We eventually get to the police station. You're following right behind him as he's just walking like a man with a purpose, and he gets to the armory, and the armory's already open. The gate's unlocked, and most of the weapons and things have all been taken by the police to deal with the situation. However, he gets to the back, pulls out his own key card, opens up sort of a little vault, and inside it, it's just piles of Silex, which is the sort of this Pathfinder equivalent C4. And he pulls out a bunch of Silex, puts it in his coat, and grabs the detonator, checks it to make sure it has a battery in it, takes a couple spare batteries, and he puts it in his jacket. Mr. Kentaro. Kentaro kind of looks up through, through he doesn't even like really need the, the cameras in the eyes anymore, thanks to Shiva ripping him a, a new hole in his face mask. His suit's looking pretty worn. Time to get an upgrade. And he walks over to this black sort of locker enters into passcode and it opens up and inside is a brand new sort of Mach 2 version of the suit Kentaro's wearing and Kentaro smirks and he gets out of his suit and he gets into the new suit it's a lot more militarized uh, it's definitely an upgrade it's got like police camo on it the colors aren't all just you know black now it's got different spots and pockets on the on the pants around the armor of the pants Kentaro suits up and he kind of like pulls the, the grieve on tight and he looks at you Landers, and he goes how do I look? Like someone dresses a rabbit overcompensating that they're dressing like a rabbit. He pound his hand on the nearby desk. I do not look like... Let's just go. Mr. Katao, if you'd be pleased enough to grab the contents of this locker over here. He grabs like a, some armor and a long rifle and he, he knows what it is. You all know what it is. You've looked at this before. And Katara looks at Hannibal and goes, seriously? You guys head over to holding cells where people are kept until they're transferred to a prison boat. And you see Lang sitting in a chair in a sparsely populated cell, and he looks up at you guys through a sort of black eye. Well, well, well. What are you doing here? Mr. Lang, you and I haven't always gotten along, but you always were someone whose motivations at least I could trust. You tried to do something, albeit in a very morbid and grotesquely illegal way. But if you want to save this city, I'm giving you your opportunity. Yeah, because we's gonna save the world. So what's you's gonna do about it? <laughs> Lang looks up at you. So I'm supposed to believe that when you open this cage, uh, heroes over here ain't gonna put a knife in my back? Uh, you don't get over somebody shooting at you so easily. I look over at Landris. 
I'm still kind of not totally into it, but I look back and I'm like, if I wanted to kill you, I'd just shoot an arrow through the bars. We all might die anyway. I mean, like, really die. Like, be fried. Fair enough. You know, Hannibal, I was wrong about you. You're a stand-up guy. Looks like you boys done told the city what the fellas upstairs was going to do to the rest of us. If you're going to stop them, then I'm in. I see you answer me one thing, Lang. Shariah, that data that she put in the broadcast, did she tell anyone else? What data? That's what I like to hear. All right. Well, if I'm going to help you, I'm going to need my stuff. Hannibal unlocks the door and Kataro throws his equipment on the floor, rolling it over to him. And Lang looks at it and goes, Now that's what I'm talking about. And he gets suited up. And he grabs his huge canister rifle, loads a chamber into the gun by pulling back this huge pin. I hold him back. If you ever aim that thing at me and don't put it on non-lethal, I'll break your <laughs> neck. <laughs> Fair's fair. Let's go. So you guys get this police escort to head to one of the elevators. And as you're doing this, the schematics of the upper Kadesh are, are splayed out in front of you that Hannah Wolf, of course, has from being in his position in the police. If we take this elevator up, if we take this tram to this point here, we only have to walk maybe a quarter mile a mile till we reach one of the towers. From there, we take a vertical tram and we head over to the center tower. That's our entry. Are the elevators even safe? What's stopping them from just cutting power to it? We'll see when we get there. We aren't going to have a lot of plans here. We got to take things as they come. Baron. Yes, sir. Kind of contort my face at that. Why do they want everyone to be elves? It's in the name, isn't it, Mr. Malleus? Project Unity. They want them all to be unified, the same team. When you go to war, people wear uniforms. You can tell friend from foe. If they're all elves and half-elves, there's no fear of confusion and there's no fear of defection. You may look like a cat. You look down, you see cat folk that you're fighting. There's a chance for your heartstrings to be pulled. But if everyone's elves and half-elves, then they are united. And let me tell you, there's nothing more powerful than a united force. Yeah, but why go through all that trouble if they're just going to kill us all? It's to affect the entire city, both upper and lower. And they've been transferring desirables from lower to upper for years. Yeah, like that. Precisely. Interesting how his papers came through right when the opportunity from them to take the canister from you occurred. So they expect to go back and fight a war? That's what this is all for. All the projects, the contention, the Alice, all of it. To wage war and take over the world that so rejected them. They don't plan on just going home. They plan to take it. The fools don't consider is maybe they're the reason why the world died in the first place. He looks at Hope and he goes, That is what I meant when I said I've only ever killed dead people. They stationed me here in Lower Kadesh to take out their missions. To me, every man and woman or child I had to kill was going to die anyway. And she, she scowls at that. So you knew this the whole time? In my position, the only thing that would keep me alive. You should know this best, <laughs> being part of the AAA that so had me incarcerated, is information. I've paid hefty prices to learn everything I can about everything that has happened. Do you know why they were exiled in the first place? I know only their legends, that they were sailors marooned. Does anyone know how long Comet's been operating? They really became a, a force that the police began to pay attention to when Upper Kadesh was finished construction. That's when I suppose they had enough members to cause enough problems. So Kintan's been at this since the beginning, at least since he's had a foothold. Baron kind of rolls his neck. Could be hard to tell. Hard to tell when everything starts. You hope kind of like, oh, that's right. Well, I can't imagine he learned this comet nonsense from anywhere on this world. It had to have been from the old world. 
If he did, I'm not familiar with it. Comet wasn't a thing in my world. Not the name, not the methods. As you guys are traveling in this police escort, you see these black dots falling from the edges of the city near the shore. And it takes you a few minutes, actually, to realize what these black dots are. They're bodies. Bodies being thrown over the sides of Upper Kadesh. And there's hundreds. An explosion rises from the construction site of the new RSF generator, and you see it. The bit of it that was built toppled to the ground. And Gintarl says, It's a freaking war zone down there. Good, we need a war. Fortunately, we're tearing up our own city down here in Lower Kadesh. This is not where we need to be waging this war. And you're looking, as you're like passing the ground, you see people dressed up in weird suits once in a while. The, the, the telltale signs of Comet attributing to this chaos. But for once, they're not really shooting sort of civilians. They're sort of af- going after authority figures. Whether it's, you know, raiding the uh, Sanhedrin offices, killing police officers, which is not new to them. But they're, they're sort of not hitting civilians, at least on purpose. You guys eventually get up to an elevator. You land and you get out. And you guys head straight over with the authority of the commissioner straight to a sort of a roadblock setup. And there's a bunch of police and they put their hand up and say, get back. And there's like a white line where like anything I got past this white line is now a body on the ground. It's like the, the line of if you cross it, we're going to shoot you. No one gets to this elevator. They stop Hannibal before he gets to the line. Let me through. The officer says, sorry, sir, can't do that. I am the commissioner. You are. I'm sorry, sir, but orders come straight from the top. We have a list of people allowed, and you're simply not on it. And kind of near civilians are like throwing small bottles and things like that over the line at these police officers, obviously not doing much. And and there's just a a huge ruckus. How many of the police officers are there? Probably two dozen and a dragoon. If you remember that thing, I think we only ever saw it in the first episode, but it's it's sort of like a a spider with only four legs and and a thing in the center that shot out huge like balls of heated plasma. And Hannibal's like arguing with them and they're going back and forth. And then the the arguing sort of drowned out by something. And the police officer kind of stops and turns his head to look at what is happening, what is creating this this distracting music. And people start like sort of separating. And you see walking straight to the elevator is Alarak. And he has men to left and right of him, five men with rocket launchers. And as soon as this police officer realizes this, he pulls out his gun and it, it's it's too late. It's the moment before Alarak says, fire. And five rockets hurl at this police blockade and just explode. And the Dragoon sort of stumbles and it positions itself to fire. And then all the rockets fire again. And it destroys the Dragoon. The police officers are in shred. And one of the police officers kind of stand up and he kind of puts his hand up as if to say, you know, stop. He's practically dead. There's nothing he can do. Alarak says, again. And the five rockets fire again and just destroy this blockade. And Alarak walks over to you guys and says, well, if it isn't my old arrivals going up. Yes, please. Did Ioma tell you to do that? Oh, please. And he kind of looks around and sees, like, just like you behind the white line and looks up at you and goes, I hesitate to think what you would do without me. And he walks just blazingly across that line with nothing left to stop him and walks over to the elevator. I say quietly, I'd be less creeped out all the time. I'm going to move toward the elevator. Everyone, everyone sort of joins you. Hannibal takes just like a brief moment to stop near the dead policeman and then just moves on with you guys. 
and he hits up on the elevator. And as you're going up, you're looking down at this sprawling city of lights where some of the lights are flickering on and off as there's all this destruction. And you're now you're kind of going up in this elevator. You can see the other elevators and they're being overrun with Comet, and they're all going up. Comet seems to be coordinating to take these elevators. Alarak turns and looks at Hannibal and says, You're keeping company with the police. Ugh. And he looks back out the window. Were there no viable allies? You mean the people that have kept you in check for how many years? Yeah, I think they're going to do just fine. Oh! <laughs> the police are well-trained and well-equipped. Only a fool will underestimate them. Well, then, I will bow to your experience as the fool. You must know Baphomet will destroy you. And Guitaro says, if you have such faith in him, why are you here? Oh, I merely voice the inevitable. I know the true power of what you face. I said destroy you, not I. Well, who says destroy I? I mean, it kind of sounds ridiculous. These guys are in goofy, stupid costumes. And it's like when Alarak's around these men in the black coats and the black hats, it's sort of maybe maybe not intimidating, but there's like a there's a certain air of like authority of, of professionalism there. But now he's like surrounded by these people in goofy costumes. I got a couple for you. Let's see, we got one guy who is in a Bready the Bread costume. There's one guy who disturbingly is, is dressed up like Slenderman, the black suit, the white shirt, the tie, and he's got like almost like um, a white fabric over his face and stuff to, to to block off the features as much as he can. And another one of the, the people is this girl who has it's got sort of short, not curly hair, but starting to get curly. And she has makeup on that sort of makes her look skeletal. And she looks over at Baron and kind of nods her head at him upwards and says, nice costume. <laughs> As we're heading up, I look over at Breddy the Bread Bread, and I, I look over back at Landris. We haven't eaten anything in, in, in like in like six hours. I'm hungry. We're in that court proceeding for so long. I know. As you're getting towards the top, the elevator ride's pretty long, but you know it ends up going kind of fast to try to get you there. Alarak grabs his communicator and talks into it. Baphomet's downfall is at hand. Comet, your High Lord demands the Dark Lord's blood. Do not disappoint me. And then you can hear, even though like you're far away, because everyone's shouting at you, and there's like this cheer that comes from the elevators, from people in Lower Kadesh who are waiting for the next ride on the elevators. Comet is like, this is an assault. And you eventually sort of get to the top. You get up to the top. You finally, for the first time in your lives, get a view of Upper Kadesh. And it's really breathtaking because... It's lit up by the sky. You see it, the beautiful sky, which you've seen so very few times in your life. And it's about sunset. So there's this beautiful orange and mix of yellows of really sweet colors drenching the city. While the city down feels so contained and constricted, this feels so open. While the city down feels so cornered, so dark, this feels light. And you look around and you see in the distance what is your target. And you see six tall, white, angular towers floating in this expanse with a very tall, larger version of it in the center. And miles and miles away, as you merely just turn your head a few inches to see to your left, is the palace the palace where Catan resides. And the doors open and you step foot out onto Upper Kadesh.
And Alarak and his men start heading towards the palace. Hey, we need to bring the towers down. I cannot tether my fate to yours. Catan is my quarry, and he is the one with whom I will have my vengeance. Vengeance for what? For Baphomet's betrayal of my people. For the false promises. For deceiving us into killing ourselves for him for reward which was not coming. He promised us a spot on the calamity in the sky, and he refused to give it to us. Now we have taken it, and he will regret what he has done to my people, and what he has done to me. Go on, Vic, let them have a hair off. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> As he says, it's like kind of the, uh, the few comic guys around him, like they put their hands up and they say, you know, vengeance for the betrayed. I think, he, you know, just he heads off and you can see all the elevators getting up and skirmishes are happening all around these elevators as the comic gets out. Kentaro kind of looks around and says, all the other elevators have soldiers at them defending them. The comet has to push through. And we pick the one elevator that's unguarded. And he kind of looks at you, Lanris, like, he doesn't say it. Cause you know why he doesn't say it? Because he knows you know exactly what he's about to say. So he doesn't have to say it. I choose to ignore him. <laughs> Hannibal spots the tram. He goes, there, you have to get on that tram. This tram is, isn't a uh, sort of like mass transit tram, though. This is definitely a sort of kind of reminds you of the tram that you guys work security on where, you know, it's kind of open cargo. face that we can put. Yeah, it's cargo. You can put on big cargo containers and stuff, but it's empty. And everyone uh, gets on it. Hannibal, he kind of turns around. And as you look to see what Hannibal's looking at, there is a lot, a lot of vertebrates heading to you. And everyone gets on the tram and Hannibal goes over the controls and he begins the tram going. Sets the course, and he's, he's going to be at the helm sort of directing it to make sure it gets to where it needs to go. And this is the eerily familiar moment of you're on a tram. There are vertebrates with police-grade equipment coming at you. Well, doesn't this feel familiar? Yeah, but the situation's changed. <laughs> Tim, you son of a... <laughs> yes, instead of having weak level 7 characters and Booker, you have Shiva, the murder Terminator machine... And you're all level 15. Yes, the situation has changed. The ch- situation has changed. It's changed. Okay? That's See, all I'm you said that everyone's here. Can we just get a recap on who everyone is with us right now? Sure, it's everybody. All right, so all right, you guys it. move. No, it's you have Shiva. You have Kentaro. You have, of course, you both of you. Both of you. Hannibal. You have Lang. And you have Baron and Hope. As you're getting on the tram and you begin to move, you see spray graffitied onto the tram is, is Slenderman, somebody's art- artistic rendition. And Kentaro kind of looks at you, Landers, and says... Looks like even Upper Kadesh wasn't immune, huh? Guess not. Wonder how much they question it, though. Serves them right. Get a taste of their, what they released on us. I think for a second I look at him. And I'm like, so on your, your birth certificate, it literally just said Kintaro? <laughs> and it kind of smirks and says, yeah. So, so you don't have a last name? <laughs> wasn't lying when I told you I didn't. My mother so disowned me she didn't even want her last name on me. So, so that means we get to skip the argument and you have to take my last name. <laughs> he smirks, goes, I don't know if I want to be a Malleus, though. Kentaro Malleus. I've been kind of used to just the same name. You know, like Cher. I just like, it's identifiable. It's quick. It's red, by the way. I'm sorry. Fa- yeah, red. Sorry. <laughs> the fantasy Cher. <laughs> oh, no. This whole time, red has been inspired by Cher, and I haven't even realized it. It's like red. It's good. It's clear. Come on. I don't want to be the only one left. His joke and demeanor drops. And he looks at you and goes, no, it's not so bad a last name. You'll get used to it. It's not as good as Irons. <laughs> He puts a hand on your shoulder and he goes, how you doing, buddy? 
So far, so good. And the tram lurches forward as it begins to move, and it goes faster and faster. You guys see these vertebrates coming up, so everyone gets opportunities to sort of position themselves where they want to be. Tim, you're going to have control of Jimmy Lang. Christian, you're going to have control of Kentaro for the battle. I might have them say stuff, and I might even supersede you and have them do something, but generally you're going to have control of them, okay? Okay. Right, right. Everyone, tell me where you're going to set up your characters. Shiva's kind of like in the center, ready to pounce wherever they happen to drop. Hannibal is going to be at the controls to direct the tram. You guys get the advantage of knowing you've been on a battle on tram before, especially with the vertebrates dropping off people. You know what's going to happen. They're going to come to the sides. Not the front, not the back, not above you. They're going to come to the sides and drop off. At least that's what your experience has shown you. I'll go to the left. I mean, I mostly use ranged weapons, so I'm going to stay in the center. Okay. Give me a uh, Kentaro online. Uh, Kentaro's going to be... How big is this thing? This platform? It's not particularly large, is it? Uh, No, it's a cargo tram. It's, it's pretty big. But like from one side to the other. Front to back, 100 feet. Left to right, 35 feet. Okay. All right, I'll go to the left, and Lang will go to the right. Okay. Katara's going to be near me, closer to Vic, I guess. Let's say center left, center right. Do me a favor and everyone roll their initiatives. Well, Jimmy rolled 24. I rolled 10. Landris got 22 to initiative. Kentaro got 24 to initiative. Let's see if in the last two episodes I don't mix up your names. Do you think that's possible? No. I, I hope it is. The tram's going at high speed, something you're familiar with. And in comes the Vertebirds. One on the left, one on the right. The one on the left has a huge dragoon underneath it, and it comes up the right to the center and drops off the dragoon at the front of the, um, the vertebrate on the left drops off two troops. These troops are sort of like the police you've seen in Lower Kadesh, but with slightly different uniforms. And they've got those stun batons that are looking very different to the ones you've seen in Lower Kadesh, and they also have uh, rifles on them. And these guys, these guys look like all their equipment is upgraded. It's better than the people in Lower Kadesh. And they jump off the vertebrate to get onto the tram. And on their turn, they are mid-air. If you successfully do a certain amount of damage to them, you can knock them off before they land on the tram. Okay? I assume that all the troops are composed of elves. Absolutely. Elves or half-elves. With no exception. So we uh, start off. You got a dragoon at the front of your tram. Which again, just like the rest of everything here in Upper Kadesh, looks superior. And this is not the same, especially because even the stuff that Gemini used way back in the first episode is like salvaged and, and auctioned. It's never the top stuff. But this thing is like, it was built yesterday. And two troops jumping off a of vertebrate to the left. And Jimmy gets to go first. Jimmy Lang is going to fire at the Dragoon twice with his EMP round. As the MP rounds hit, they shatter across the hull, which is what they're supposed to do, and they activate, and you see almost like the sphere of electromagnetic energy that's actually visible to the human eye sort of appear around it, and there's two distinct ones, and the thing sort of shivers and shakes, and it stumbles, and it falls down, and one of its legs sort of crumples, and it's now sort of only propped up on three, and it looks like it really hurt it. And Jimmy smiles. Now that's what I'm talking about. So now it is one of the troopers' turn. The trooper finishes, lands on the um, platform right next to you, Vic. And it takes out its stun rod and it attacks you with it. Now I might be confused. When you said troop, I thought you meant like a troop of soldiers. You mean a dark trooper? A trooper as in a soldier, not as in a dark trooper. Oh, just trooper. a single one. Oh, I thought you meant like a troop Yeah, of at first people. I thought it was a troop as well. Troop too. must have, it's the worst word because it has two different things that we've done in this campaign. It was a very poor choice of word. A soldier. Okay. Okay. Take nine points of damage as the stun baton hits you. Now, you haven't felt like a sharp electric jolt in a long time. It's kind of like, wakes you up in the morning. Kentaro's turn. 
Kentaro moves toward the Dragoon to, you know, to split everyone up so it can't hit everyone at once and fires at it with his Vortex gun. The Vortex makes this whirl of energy, obviously, around this thing, transforming the air around it and tries to crush on it, but this thing's metal plates are just so well-structured and think that it, it, it barely does any sort of damage to the machine. Landris. So he's hopping out of a vertebird, and Landris knows that he's falling straight down, so he just follows the trajectory, arrow, 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 each one going until he hits the ground. Uh, as it does it, like you, like you hit him and it spins in the air and you hit him and you spin him again. You keep spinning and he spins faster and faster. Every time he spins a different direction, you predicted it and you hit him with another arrow. And you end up knocking him back so much with the force of these arrows before he lands on the platform. He falls, hit, like knocks on the vertebrate, knocks on the tram and falls to his death. But you had filled him with so many arrows. You're sure you killed him before he even fell. But you're also very sure that you didn't need to, to do that all. You, you've got a feeling like after a certain amount of arrows, you're not quite sure, maybe three, four, you're not sure that he was already sort of trajectory off of the platform. That you could have knocked him off uh, without firing off him. And the vertebrate has no more soldiers on it, so it leaves. Shiva's turn. Shiva runs almost on all fours at the guy next to Lan uh, Victor. Her mono whip extends out of her palm and she slashes it across the guy putting a gash in his suit and hurting him. Now it is the Dragoon's turn. The Dragoon steps its leg that had sort of buckled and, and fixed itself, opens up that center area where you can see the ball of plasma has already been prepared and it hurls out of the Dragoon. Shoot it, Landris. The superheated ball of plasma hits you and sort of almost knocks you back. Victor, it's finally your turn, buddy. Right. Uh, that guy's still standing beside me. He's not dead. No, he's not. I just saw my friend get hurt pretty bad. I've already watched his sister die. I'm going to rage. Vic is going to run up and hit the dragoon in his rage. You slam into this guy with your charge. You just bring your hammer down. Its little dome is closed up so it can charge another ball of plasma, but you catch it before it hits there and you just smash into the sort of sensitive innards of this machine as it kind of jerks around from that happening. You rip your hammer out, bending that like dome. And now as it's sort of trying to charge its plasma, you can see things like leaking out of where you broke it. That's round one. Round one. Round two, two more vertebrates come on by you guys. One vertebrate comes to the right and it drops off a soldier and a black vibrating, staticky, tall figure sort of reminds you of Slenderman in his appearance as in his height, but it's like the silhouette of Slenderman. It's made of this black sort of light absorbing substance that's just a little bit almost sort of liquid. And they both jump out of the vertebrate to jump onto the tram. And another vertebrate to your left comes over and it hovers over on top of you guys and it drops a big crystal box right in front of the control panel in the back of the tram. And this box, arms come out and it starts unfolding and legs come out and you see sort of rockets come out and it, as it unfolds and stands up, it's a very new factory sealed crystalline death machine. So that is the top of the round again. We are at Jimmy. Jimmy's gonna shoot a fire round at the guy who's liquid or liquid, you know, whatever that guy. The shot lands on this thing and it has enough force. You think that this would have pushed back any of the other soldiers but this thing sort of gives way as you shoot through it and it like it burns through it and the momentum of the round clears through the thing. Doing this damage as much as you expected it to do, but not knocking it back. For the soldier that's next to Shiva, this guy pulls something out off of like one of the many pockets, military, you know, like how a lot of guys military have all like their equipment all on them. He pulls something out of one of his many pockets and it's this, this round disc and he, puts it on Shiva's chest and presses a button as he puts it on there. And uh, let's wait to Shiva's turn and tell you what that does. But that's going to be his turn. Kintaro, 
If I recall correctly, uh, the CDM, it has multiple things that I could target, and Kentaro's cone can effectively hit them all. Yes, and let me let me explain that again, since it's been a, a quite some time since the bank heist since we saw CDM. The CDM has sort of a modular design where it has its weapons can take damage, and the, the main thing would stay up. So it has two jets on its back, so it can fly if it wants to, two cannon arms, and then missile pods on its shoulder, one on its left, one on its right. The cannons act as normal attacks on a normal round, but the missile pods paints an area red, and then on the start of its next turn, fires a sort of splash damage on that target area. And you can choose what parts of those things you want to kill, or you can target it specifically. Question, where's Hope and Baron? They are uh, completely forgotten by Caleb when he did initiative. That's exactly where Hope and Baron are. Thank you for reminding me. We'll have them come in. He's going to move toward the CDM a little bit and uh, fire at it with his Vortex gun. All the parts are still functioning, but it did damage them quite heavily. Landris's turn. So what's left in the battlefield to make sure that we're perfectly clear is a Dragoon at the front, a CDM at the back, one soldier to the left, one soldier to the right, and one, we'll call it a Slender Soldier, to the right. One of the soldiers entering, again, falling. Landers is going to do the same thing, start shooting at him as he uh, is entering the battlefield. You fire your arrows. They're almost like perfectly behind each other, and they serve to just sever his head from his body. They just, with such force, go past his neck, and his head rolls off and just doesn't even make it onto the tram. His body kind of half makes it on the tram and then just slides off without any head to control it. He is off the tram. I turn to fire at the remaining soldier and wink at Victor as my head goes by. <laughs> Your arrows find some good purchase and knock him back as he was like right next to Shiva, giving her a little bit of breathing space. Hope's turn. Oh wow, Hope's here. <laughs> Where was she last she come from? <laughs> Hope does, I think you saw her do this once. She cups her hands around her mouth and opens them up and she breathes out and you hear the sound of a dragon roaring as coming straight out of her mouth. Or last time you saw lightning, this time it's just a line of acid that drips from her mouth and shoots out, leaving like a trail. And she fires it straight at the Dragoon. And this acid coats the Dragoon and finishes it off, melts it to pieces, it falls to unusable pieces. Victor, it like narrowly misses you. Hey! It's like when somebody shoots right past you, you're like, okay, maybe not do that next time. But she winks at you. Everybody's winking at Vic. Vic feels good. Yeah, Vic feels good, feeling energized, like a plus one morale bonus. Everybody's giving him the winks. This, the little mine almost that was planted on her, begins to surge with electricity and kind of go through her body. And she screams and she tears it off and smashes it to the ground and looks at the guy very displeased. And her eyes have definitely... Uh, turn red as her rage chip activates. She's gonna full round this sucker and see how he likes it. She's tearing at this guy. She like gets a good shot at his jugular and he like is holding it, but he's still up. The slender soldier with his tall, lanky form. So he's right next to Lang. He uh, puts his hand forward and like these tentacles wrap around Lang and Lang feels pain all over his body as they enter into his skin and invade his body. It's like essentially occupying the same space as Lang, we're treating this as a swarm. And Lang cries out, I could use some assistance. Victor's turn. You're up and close. You see it now. It's the telltale sign of nanomachines, but you've never seen something completely constructed of nanomachines before. That's new for you, but this is definitely nanomachines. I'm going to run over to Slender Soldier and try to beat him off of Lang. As your first attack goes through it, it swipes through it and it just goes through it like it parts ways. It does nothing to it. And the thing just like turns its faceless face to you. Oh, uh, Baron. Yeah, Baron, help me up, buddy. <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna shout for his aid? Yeah, Baron, I don't know what this is. I need your help. I thought you'd never ask. 
He hurls a searing flame that, as soon as it gets near you, detonates with a low roar. Boy, they're both trying to kill me. As the flame consumes Lang, Lang sort of kind of almost tries to get away from as much as it can, and you see just falling to the ground or just slags off of this this slender soldier, and you can hear almost screaming coming from it. It's a very strange sound to have a thousand million kajillion nanomachines were in pain as they're being destroyed, but they do, and the thing is falling to pieces. It's barely left up. Oof, end of that round. Woo, you guys have gone through a second round. More vertebrates come, Targos. When it rains, it pours. And a vertebrate goes to the left. It stops. It just stops there, and it sort of turns a little bit. And you see on the side of it is a man manning a laser cannon, a mounted gun on this vertebrate. To the right vertebrate drops off two more soldiers. And at this time, you hear Hannibal cry out, They're trying to turn us off the route! And he points, and you see an exchange where there's a lever. It's a lever, but it's got a big disc on it. And it's facing to the right. You see the track for the tram turns to the right. Somebody needs to attack that thing and just do damage. It doesn't matter how much damage you do. If you successfully hit that thing, the tram will go back on the right track. You got one turn to do it, one round. And if you don't, it increases the number of rounds that this survivor number of rounds encounter lasts. But I'm gonna do the CDM's turn since I completely skipped it. Uh, also, do you wanna do anything with Venbot? Let's start with Venbot. Uh, yeah, he's just gonna stay uh, assisting me. I get a plus two to my AC against anyone who tries to melee attack me. I got your back, sir. You may not have as many loyalty points as Victor, but I still love you. Larry <laughs> says, I got the exchange. So now we have on the battlefield the Crystalline Death Machine. One soldier almost dead to the left, so there's only two soldiers jumping on, and then there's the Slender Soldier, the Vertebrate guy on the left. So the, the CDM brings its rockets forward, and you see uh, red lasers point out, and they point to two areas. One area covers where Lang and Victor is, and the other one covers where Lanris is. It fires its cannons. Let's put them both at Shiva. 32 points of damage to Shiva. Be happy she has fast healing. And that is it for the Crystalline Death Machine. New round, Jimmy. Jimmy's going to hit the Crystalline Death Machine with a uh, high-caliber piercing round. The left and right arm cannon, he pierces a hole so big in them that they just sort of slump to the ground, and they are completely unusable. Guy who's been with us since the first round, uh, Soldier 1, he is next to an angry Shiva who still got upset with him. He's going to try to attack her. He hits her twice. It seems like the electric is really getting at her. But of course, the electric from her retaliatory strike that you left on her hits him a little bit. And it is now Kentaro's turn. Kentaro's going to fire his last vortex gun round at the CDM. The rockets explode on its back, leaving it with no weapons, but it's Hulk. All right, great. Landers' turn and Venbot's turn. Well, Venbot's actually going to go assist Shiva. Venbot got a natural 20 to assist her. (laughs) He is the most helpful robot. (laughs) <laughs> he rolls over to her and says, Don't worry, fellow robot, we'll stick together. Don't worry, I have experience going on trams at high speeds. I once fought a snake. <laughs> Victor, what are you going to do? I'm sorry, Landris, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's because I saw V for Benbot that time. Landris turns to shoot an arrow at the guy in the laser so he doesn't immediately start taking shots. Turns quickly and shoots one at the exchange and then just unloads on the guy on the laser as he's trying to get back on it. You hit this guy so many times, he slouches forward and tries to like hold on to the gun and he sets the gun off and this laser beam, which comes out like, I'm a fire in my laser, blue solid blast incinerates the top half of his body as he falls off and the vertebrate realizes there's no one to man the gun and it drifts off. And you hit the exchange, you see the track shifts back to the correct position. CDM's turn, which is no more weapons. You see like the guy inside hitting all these buttons to try to make his weapons work. 
hits the console in anger, moves the thing forward, and then brings its foot down to slam onto Jimmy Lang. It slams and Lang like dives out of the way. Why is everybody ganging up on me? Hope runs over to you, Victor, mm -hmm. puts her hand on your back. You now have blur casted on you. Victor's appearance begins to distort, blurring, shifting, and wavering. Attacks against you now with 20% mischance. Shiva, she's like so tired that this guy is still alive that she tears into him and just rips him to pieces. Like there's, there's maybe four different pieces now left of this guy. So he's dead and gone. <laughs> Benbot's helping. I, I like the picture. It takes like he's saying, I'm helping. And she's like slapping him with spatulas. <laughs> Pulls one of his shoes off. The soldier completes its jump onto the platform. There's now only one soldier in the midair and he is going to go after Victor. He takes out a disc from a mine sort of thing from his pocket, puts it on you. The slender soldier is like starting to piece itself back together and it moves over to you, Victor, and it wraps you in around in its tentacles as your, your skin begins to dissolve as the nanomachines eat away at it. Victor, your turn. Okay, first of all, I'm gonna knock that thing off of me. I'm like, yeah, quit it. And I like knock it off. As you take it off, you see like these little needles stick out of where it was touching you. There's also still a guy jumping. Oh, there is? Yeah, as he's jumping on, I'm gonna like swing up and bat him off, hit him with my earthbreaker right in his chest. You get that cracking sound when a baseball bat hits a baseball going 100 miles per hour, and you knock him back, and he falls back like into the vertebrate, and the vertebrate kind of shakes and bends, and he slides him right off, and he's like grabbing, trying to catch, and he falls off to his, his doom. So after I bat the guy, I turn to him. The dude who just put the thing on your yeah, chest. I turn to him, I'm already mad because he put that needle into my chest, and I'm, I've had enough of all the surgeries and everything I've gone on with, so I just take him and I bat him in the chest, knocking out his air, and when he bends over, I'm gonna hit him on top of the head, just cracking his skull. Oh man, it's brain matter splatters in all directions as your hammer brings his skull to the floor and just flattens him. Done, dead, wow, nice. So much for that soldier. Baron runs next to you, next to this slender soldier. As he's walking across, he transforms before your eyes. As he runs across, his skin disappears and is replaced with fire. And by the time he gets next to you, right next to the Slender Soldier, he is now a fire elemental, but in the same general shape uh, of Valerian Mengsk, holding this flail, which is now heating up to red hot. So we're, we're starting a new round. There's another exchange, and somebody with a jetpack flies over to it and holds it in the right position, in the wrong position, and you see the track shifts again to uh, the position you don't want it to be. Two more vertebrates come up, one on your left, one on your right. The one on the left drops off two soldiers and one slender soldier, and the one on the right does the same thing. Two soldiers and one slender soldier. The slender soldier on the left lands, goes up to Shiva, and completely twists these tentacles that appear out of its back out of nowhere, and starts to consume her. Shiva cries out. It looks like these nanomachines really are something that really are effective versus her. Jimmy's turn. Jimmy, help me get the exchange. He sort of levels the gun. He holds his breath. And then right before he pulls the trigger, he goes, Wave goodbye to your head, wanker. And pulls it and a loud ring as the shot goes out. And the guy's head explodes. And he just topples off of the exchange. Kintaro. He's going to take his vortex gun and fire at the three that haven't gone yet. So the super slender soldier, soldier, soldier that are falling down on the right side. The vortex with its great power pushes both of them off and they don't land. They don't make their trip. Lanris and Venbot. Oh, Baron, we need something to deal with these weirdos. And I gesture to the slender soldiers. Uh, Lanris is going to look toward the two soldiers jumping off 
now that Kentaro knocked the other ones off, and start firing at them. In the middle of his volley, he's going to turn and shoot the exchange, now that the guy's head has exploded. Knocking these two dudes off, you're just clearing that left side, hit the exchange, the track changes to the right space. Y you do work. What does Venbot do? Yeah, Venbot's gonna go assist Jimmy Lang, since he's feeling targeted. You're not gonna follow me again, are you? Not unless he orders me to, sir. CDM's turn. It stomps and it lands right next to Lang. And I say next to Lang on purpose because it's going after little Venbot. He looks at it and goes, All right, thanks. <laughs> Hope's turn. Can't blow all these on just this one battle. And she puts her hands to her mouth again. The fire overwhelms the one that was damaged and it burns up all the nanomachines and there's nothing left but scorch and ash. And again, when she does this, it almost comes out of her mouth and you hear the, the roar of a dragon beneath the, the, the scream of the fire. One down, but I can't handle them all. Shiva's turn. Shiva is freaking overwhelmed with the stupid slender soldier that's on her. And she is, she kind of like ripping at it and she just kind of tears to the other end of the tram towards the front to get away from it. She's going to run over to CDM and see if she can't do some damage. She runs over to it, but her real strength is in full, full round attack, so she only gets one slap on it with a mono whip, but the filament does just burn right through it. Take that, DR. Slender Soldier lands on the platform. Victor goes over to you, and it's like a, a second you flash back to Slender Man, and it, it, it's disconcerting for a moment. But you're a strong enough man that you put it off. There's no like negative you're going to get or anything, but it, it's, it's a creepy familiarity as it surrounds you and it eats away at you. However, you only take 11 points of damage, but you feel, you, you're like, this didn't hurt as much as before, and then you feel your backpack jostle as nanomachines flood into your backpack. Victor, your turn. So I'm running out of that mess of nanobots, and I run towards the CDM. I'm sure that it's been taking on a lot of cracks with all the hits and everything, because it's a crystal, right? So I, while I'm running toward it, I'm looking for the weak point, and I'm going to hit it with the back part of my Earthbreaker, which is like a sharp point. So it's going to hit that and shatter it. You do it. You cracks pure everything, and it shatters. And the guy, like, falls out of the machine as it cracks right onto one of the shards, and it kills him. CDM is destroyed. You now just have these uh, two Slender Soldiers. Baron's turn. Baron, who is one of your splash guys. See, I didn't want to pigeonhole Pope or Baron in the same attacks, but now that you're like, we need you to do this thing, they are. Well, no one else can hit him. I have nothing that deals I with that. I can't hit him. Yeah, see, look, you guys need to plan better. He puts his hand out and just a geyser of flame spreads over and burns one of the uh, Slender Soldiers. Uh, not killing it, but damaging it. End of the round. You're coming to another exchange. And there's another jetpack dude that goes over and he holds it. Four more vertebrates come up. As these vertebrates come up, each of them drops two soldiers and one slender soldier for a total of eight soldiers and four slender soldiers. And another vertebrate comes right above you and it has a CDM on it. And right next to it is another one with another CDM. This is what you would call a bad situation. You got eight soldiers jumping on the tram, four slender soldiers, and two CDMs about to be dropped off on top of you. They all make their jumps, and Shiva's kind of looking around at seeing the dire situation, and she looks up at the CDMs about to drop pretty much on top of her, and Shiva, she looks at you, uh, Victor. You know what the problem with being a survivor is? No one can survive forever. Thanks for everything, guys. I'm gonna miss you. And she kind of crouches down to the ground and jumps up extraordinarily high and jumps onto the vertebrate that has the CDM on it. She takes a deep breath and she feeds her hand through the turbine. You can hear it chug, 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 as it starts to eat her up and it explodes. And as it explodes, the vertebrate with the CDM on it slams into the other one 
and they knock each other and explode. One falls off the side. One of the CDMs crashes down onto the tram and explodes before being deployed. And those two CDMs are no longer a problem, but there is no sign of Shiva. Top of the initiative. The Slender Soldier that was already on the tram before on the left side moves over to Jimmy and Venbot, and it moves this lanky way where its arms kind of bend in this weird, inhuman way as it goes over with its long legs. Swarms across Venbot, filling his every machine slot. All of his pancake batter dispensers fills them up. Two Slender Soldiers on the right land. One goes over to you, Lanris, and one goes over to Lang. Hope screams out, Lanris, don't let those soldiers land. Don't worry about the exchange. I got it. Jimmy's turn. Man, there's something I want to try, and I don't know if it'll work. <laughs> you know what? I want to just try it. Might be stupid. Jimmy might be stupid here, but he's going to try a nano round on this nanite thing. See if they can, like, override it or something. I don't know. Interesting. On uh, on which um, one? Um, The one that's attacking him. <laughs> it becomes a bigger nano. Yeah. You've now made it so much worse for yourself. It's rolled a natural 20. Nice. That's a times four crit multiplier. But the nano round, does that do damage? What does that do? Yeah, I'll look it up again. <laughs> Can we convert the, the, the crit into something more like, it just kills it. <laughs> wow, the nanos just, they nanoed all over it. Uh, nano round. Must succeed a DC 17 fortitude save or takes one negative level and stagger for one round. Victim succeeds. It's instead second. Oh yeah, Lander's going to hit by that earlier for him. Creature can attempt a new. All right, so wait, you critical yeah. with this thing? All right, heck with negative levels. Jimmy like stands up, points the gun. He's like surrounded by the thing, and so he points it down at the thing and indicates the nano round and pulls the trigger. The the bullet's just a delivery mechanism that explodes on the ground, and the nanites swarm over. You can see because they're almost like a different color. They begin swarming over the other nano machines. It looks like sort of like you know oil and water has like a purple rainbowish yes. sort of color. It sort of has that rainbow color in in amidst the black of these of this nano machine, this nano s slender soldier. And you see it begins to like tear itself apart, and the it begins to drip almost like it's soaking wet, and it just drips faster and faster until there's nothing left but this pile of gray goo surrounding Lang. And then he just, he just, he grabs the bolt and blows another round. Well, that worked out. That was Jimmy. Good job, Jimmy. Kataro. Kataro's going to try to take out a line of one of those, one of those lines of soldiers falling down. He knocks two of them off. Lanris and Venbot. Lanris is going to turn and fire at the row of four falling off from the left side with his bow. Your arrows find purchase and three of them knocking them off, but one uh, survives. And he kind of looks like spooked. He looks and you see three of his, his friends just die like that, like that. Panbot? Uh, he's just gonna assist, uh, Landris. The Slender Soldier lands, moves over to you, Landris. Hope's turn, and Hope screams, Dad! And points to the exchange. So then he runs, and he jumps off of the tram. And as he does, he disappears in a puff of smoke. And you see a very, very thin line from where he jumped to the exchange. And he reappears, and he slams this guy out of the air with his flail. It hits him so hard, there's a little burst of flame and the guy catches some fire as he falls to the ground and the Valerian disappears in a puff of smoke again and then reappears in the tram and almost like stumbles and falls and slides across the tram as his momentum chains and he kind of slams against the control box and shrugs as it hits his, his fiery shoulder and then Hope blasts out what looks like maybe 20 of these like almost crystal shards but they're actually made of force as her magic missile slams on the exchange turning it and then breaking it so it can't be turned again and the platform changes to the correct path. The other soldier completes jumping onto the tram and moves over to Venbot. The two soldiers that were surviving the right land, 
One runs over to you, Landorus. Make a fortitude save as he puts a mine on you. One's over to you, Victor, as he puts a mine on you. Both of you make fortitude save. The other slender soldier that was already on moves over to you, Victor. 18 points of damage. And the last soldier, he takes out this small box, puts it down on the ground, and pulls up this antenna, hits some buttons, and then he picks it up again and he's holding it. Uh, you hear a ringing in your head. It's a constant ring. You can't get rid of it. It, it feels like a headache, but you can, you can hear in your head this ringing, and it sucks a lot. Every d20 roll you make, you have to make two and take the lesser result as you are struggling so hard to concentrate. You can barely think straight with this ring in your head. And it's coming from this box. Victor. I'm going after that box. <laughs> Run at him. Victor is very distraught that Shiva just gave her life. And, and uh, as he's running over there, you know, he's, he's yelling out Shiva's name. Just Shiva! And, you know, I'm going at it, at that guy. All right. More vertebrates. More vertebrates appear, four more vertebrates, uh, this time with no two things in tow. Instead, it's just another single vertebrate that flies over you, drops off another Dragoon at the front of the ramp. And same thing, eight soldiers jump, four more slender soldiers jump out. Okay, here's how it's gonna go. Jimmy, Baron Hope, then slender soldiers, then Lanris, Victor, Kentaro, then regular soldiers. Here we go. Baron Hope and our good, good friend, Jimmy Lang. And there's another exchange with somebody jetpacked over to it to hold it. I'll let Jimmy go first. All right, Jimmy's going to run over to the right side of the tram and try to hit all four of those guys on the right who's jumping on with the high caliber piercing round. He fires that thing with a cacophonous kagrang as it fires and it goes through all three and, and stops at the third guy, doesn't quite get to the fourth guy. And it knocks them all back to fall off. And then the worst happens. As they go to fall back, the nanomachines extend arms and grab them and pull them with the, the slender soldiers. Hope and Baron. See, we got one slender soldier on Victor, right? One on Lanris, one on Venbot. Oh, one is right next to Lanris because he moved. Lanris. Baron turns to you. He puts his hands together and he begins separating them. And what starts out is the size of a marble and the size of a golf ball, the size of a basketball, the size of a watermelon. And then he releases it and it hurls at you. Right before he releases it, he goes, duck. And this flame, this fireball flies at them and explodes. And you hear some of them do that weird screaming sound you heard from the nano machines. One of them was already damaged. So the one next to Lanris dies. Hope runs over to you, Lanris, touches the back of your head, like the back of your neck, and you feel a quick zap. She's casted haste on you. That is their turn. Now that leaves it to the slender soldiers. The four jump onto the tram, and the four that remain will attack. One gets Victor. Victor, take 22 points of damage. Lanris, take 13 points of damage. Venpot, take 20 points of damage. And then a one moves over Lang, 19 points of damage to Lang. I'm going to reach my hand up into the sky as I'm looking at this beautiful blue sky and the sun shining on me. I'm going to reach my hand up and I'm going to cry out, I am a day, I believe we need your help. Help us. You hold up holy symbol to the light of the sun, which, how long has it been hanging in the sky? Shouldn't it have set by now? You've no time to think about it. For all at once, it happens. A beam of energy directly from the sun hits in front of you blindingly bright and deafeningly loud. When your senses adjust, you see Iomidae, on one knee, dressed in cloth with smoke rising off of her. She stands up and raises her hand to the sun, and armor falls under her out of the sky, boots to helmet, with a sword last to make its way down. 
everyone has stopped out of bafflement. She looks around and rolls her shoulder, getting the feel of her shield. Then she smirks. It's over. She rushes over to a soldier who opens fire on her. She blocks the torrent of shots with her shield and cuts him in half. Shots ring out from everyone. They're all focusing on her. She deflects a shot from the Dragoon into an oncoming vertebrate which is engulfed in flames and comes crashing to the ground. She points her sword at a group of soldiers on the opposite side of the tram, and a beam of light sears out of it, burning them alive with such an intense heat that all that's left is their boots with their feet still in them cut off at the ankles. She shoulder checks another soldier on her right, knocking him off the tram as he's dashed to ribbons on the rail below. She sticks her sword in the belly of an oncoming slender soldier that dissolves from the sword outwards. She arcs the sword in front of another one, flanking her, and pieces of smoldering gray goo fling into it, spreading this flesh-eating disease onto it. She's assaulted on all sides, projectiles smashing against her armor. She's being overwhelmed, but her resolve never wavers. She points her sword to the sun, and out of that great ball of plasma, come four constant beams of light that rake the battlefield, passing harmlessly through you, but disintegrating the slender soldiers entangled. They seek out all the soldiers, dispensing vicious fury as it passes through them, wiping them off the face of existence, unmaking them. And when all is said and done, all that's left of your enemies is smoke, not even ash. She stops in her tracks and takes a beat to make eye contact with the victor. And she looks skyward as the armor leaves her in the reverse order it came, and a beam of light encompassing her extends from her to the sun, and she vanishes with it. Holy crap. Told you I thought it would work. What the fuck was that? That was my goddess. Holy crap, Vic, can you do that again? The symbol is now discolored. I look down at it. No. You hear um, Hope go, I hope you guys are ready for round two, as you look back and there's the fleet of vertebrates. We need a plan for those soldiers, the slender things. Dad and I are good at them, but there's just too many for us to take them all at once. How close are we to the uh, tower? Still a ways away. Guitar goes, it's not just those soldiers. We can't take this forever. And he goes over to Hannibal. We have to outrun them. And he puts his hand on the accelerator to move forward. Hannibal stops him and goes, we can't go that fast. Who knows how to fight at those speeds? Or even to survive moving at those speeds. And Guitaro looks at him dead in the eye and his robotic little light inside his head and goes, they do. And he points at you two. Of all the people in all of Kadesh, they do. And he hits the thing to go forward and you feel the jolt and you are now moving at an incredible speed. The speed of which, remember when you were on the tram in the first episode and the guy tried to outpace the vertebrates by pulling it to full speed? This is the speed that you're on when Quetzalcoatl and Anubis were fighting you. This is, you're familiar with this and you know how to handle it. And you start folding at this incredible speed. Four vertebrates manage to drop off soldiers and slender soldiers before you reach max speed. And for the vertebrates fall behind, there's no way they can catch up with you. As you go at this incredible speed, Kintaro looks right at you, Landris, and goes, It's fate. <laughs> You win this battle handily. The enemy soldiers can't keep their guns steady enough to hit you. The slender soldiers are blown away by the wind shear. After a few minutes of fighting that would have been vicious if not for this advantage, you two stand there comfortably in victory. Everyone's holding on for dear life. They're all propping themselves up so they don't get flung off this tram. They can't even communicate. The only people that can talk or do anything right now, move about, is Landers and Victor. Venbot kind of moves around a little bit. And Guitar is like, even their stupid robot has experience going this speed. I don't see what's the big deal. <laughs> yeah, this is actually pretty fun. Does it look like anything's going to catch up to us? 
Uh, no, you're, you're, you're putting some distance between you and the, these vertebrates. I'm gonna look ahead for exchanges. Now you see behind you, Jetpack will come to change the exchanges, but they are far behind you. Literally and figuratively, they're behind you. Maybe it's five minutes of just this pain for everybody else, and you guys just like, whatever. And the tram begins to slow down, and you finally get to your station, in which you are very close to these generators everyone kind of like is recovering from going that fast and guitar kind of smiles a little bit and he walks over to you Lanner's kind of like all proud of himself you know going faster isn't super clever you know and he smiles because i don't i didn't think it was i'm just wondering if you still don't believe in fate i'm good at things that i have experience in doing surprise surprise i don't get it surprise surprise you have experience in the thing that we need most and he goes even he points like even your dumb robot has ex and he kind of stops and you look, and Vembot doesn't have the tooth on his chest anymore. Somewhere in the battle, somewhere, somehow, it got knocked off. Hey, Vembot, you all right? Eat recycled food. It's good for the environment. Are you messing with us? I walk over to him. I want to examine the hole. Some damages you expect from having it pierced. Uh, nothing critical. Loyalty member reward detected. Would you like a discount? No, I'm, I'm okay. Thanks for your help, Vembot. I take my last symbol of Quetzalcoatl. And I slip it into the slot of his hole where the where the fang was. Hmm. Thank you, sirs. Have a nice day. And he starts moving down the, the tram. Eat recycled food. It's good for the environment. Eat recycled food. It's good for the environment. We can't waste time. We gotta go. Yeah, we gotta get out of here now. As you guys are getting to go, you stop and like turn around and Hope is not coming with you. She is pilfering the bodies. Hey, Hope, you coming? Again, a second. If just one of these guys would carry a freaking single pack of cigarettes, and she's like opening the jackets and looking through them. Hey, pretty lady, you looking for one of these? And he pulls out a pack. And she goes, oh my goodness, I could kiss you. She walks over to him and grabs the pack from him. She snaps her fingers and her thumb lights on fire and she lights her cigarette. And she's like, oh, thank you so much. I need you so badly. Oh, I'm going to be so much better to be around. <laughs> You don't know how long it's been since I've had one of these. Matter of fact, I guess I don't know either. I was in that machine for a while. We never met. What's your name? Jimmy Lang. Well, thank you, James. Name's Hope. And they shake hands. And Hannibal's like looking like, are we done? Can we can we get away from the monsters chasing us? Sort of that, that look of exasperation. We should get going. Everyone starts heading off. You're not quite at the tower yet. The tower's still a little bit away. You have to get to it. The tram's taking you as close as a, any tram will take you. And you see in the horizon, though you've outpaced by going super fast on the tram, in the distance is just a whole army, essentially, of vertebrates coming at you. And you can see it coming from other directions as well. But you've bought yourself a little time by going so fast. As you're heading through, occasionally, like, vertebrates and things will fly near you. Just single vertebrates that have, like, big spotlights and stuff. They're looking for you. There's large, very square, rectangular, very sharp buildings sort of in between you and the generator that Hannibal sort of waves you guys into to duck into to sort of evade the patrols. It's a long building that will exit out towards one of these towers. Uh, I move toward that building. I follow him. You duck into this building and you're immediately presented with factory surroundings. A long passageway. And on your left and on your right are conveyor belts behind these sort of glass walls. Or maybe even, you know, sort of force field at, at points. And you see these long conveyor belts taking pieces out into the distance towards the direction you're going. Keep your eyes open. You guys head down this passageway. As you're heading down, you're getting further and further along the production line. And you're obviously not seeing the whole building. It's a massive building. You're in like this narrow thing that you're not really seeing any sort of access to further left or further right. 
It's just these conveyor belts and then whatever lies behind them that you can't get to. And as you get further down, these parts sort of diverge off and there's a door in your way and it says the secure zone one. So is there anything moving on these conveyor belts? Just pieces of, of metal, different sky metals. We can't see what they're constructing? No. It diverts into this new room and you can't see past it. Uh, does the sort door look like it has like a security of any kind? It's a thick door, sort of reminds you of the door in the facility where Hope is being held with Project Alice. It's always got a key card like every other door. Huh. I'm going to try the Souls in the Signal key card then. Access granted and the door goes up in the ceiling. And you can see like gears on the sides inside the door frame that lifted this very heavy door. This might be where they're producing the Dark Troopers. Oh. You guys go further into this room. Conveyor belts conveyed off to the sides on the outside of this room, so you don't know where they're going or what they're doing. But now you're in this room that looks a lot sort of like a laboratory. And lying on the left and right are these large people-sized tubes. Remind you of the tubes you found Shiva in. In these tubes is something very disturbing. In these tubes are women whose arms and legs have been cut off partially down the ligaments who are wearing these sort of gas masks to keep them alive while they're suspended in these fluids with all sorts of wires and tubes connected to the various points. A lot of the points seem to be hitting, tapping into the spinal column, whether it's lower or the back of the neck. And then their stomachs are distended and see-through. You can see inside their stomachs and there are babies growing. Very sort of yellowish gross fluid that these babies are suspended inside the bellies of these women that are suspended in this liquid. It lines the walls and it goes on for a long time. There's a lot of these. And one of the women looks up at you and she she's aware, she blinks, she looks at you. She follows you with her eyes. What the hell? This is not right. I'm gonna like kind of approach, look at the one that noticed us. Does she seem like distraught or is she just like hazed over? Hazed over. Probably one in every three or four look at you. I look for a control panel. It has like their vitals or something on it. Yeah, each each tube, kind of like Weshiba's, has a, a display of vitals. And it has two sets, one for the child, one for the mother. All the women and children are alive. There are some women that don't have children, so there's no vitals displayed for them. Did that data talk anything about this? Not that I remember. There was a lot of data. We didn't go through all of it, but I didn't see anything like this. Hope says, we don't have time to linger. We gotta stay on task. Yeah, yeah. Baron, did you know about this? He kind of is like looking at one of the tubes inside and goes, I didn't, but it makes sense. It's easier to build strong children than repair broken men. Look at them. They're all full elves. These are the basis for their dark troopers. Grow the children. Grow them quickly with your science. Build them into those machines. And he kind of like gestures to you. The machine you put on your neck, that temporal accelerator, drains your life, doesn't it? Well, it makes sense you'd rather have to have elves than any sort of half-elves or anthros as dark troopers. Their lifespans are going to be cut short. They might as well have very long lifespans. I, like, put my hand to the back of my neck where the accelerator is currently equipped. I mean, I guess we're still moving through. Yeah, I assume you're kind of walking and talking. I think it's safe to be said you've been lied to that there have been no children in 60 years. Yeah, this is so wrong. And Hope kind of shakes her head and says, I can't believe what you guys are able to do. I thought magic could do some rough stuff. Hey, they're all just tools. Put them in the hands of the wrong person. Stuff like this happens. You eventually come to the end of this zone and there's another wall with another door and it's like secure zone B. Try uh, Nitsen's card again. Access granted. This next area, the conveyor belts have come back to the left or the right and you see full grown men 
and they are having different parts of their body skinned, removed in very violent ways. Just like a saw comes down and chops off part of the leg and then attaches different parts. And you're seeing the process of dark soldiers. Phase one, the, the ones that you fought before, the ones that had the blades being made. Is it doing anything to like their brains? I remember like they don't have much humanity left. Mm -hmm. they, they're almost like robots. Uh, is there anything to indicate that process? Oh, you see like there's like a saw that cuts off the skull, a little suction cup that takes off the cap then different mechanical like ch chips and things and wires get put into the brain and the skull is closed with electronic parts engraved into the brain and then the skull's like you know sealed and these people that are having this habit to them they're like squirming and stuff they seem to be awake when this is happening we're done at the tower we're coming back and shutting this down we should shut it down now we don't have the time we have to get to the tower that is the prime objective yeah otherwise everything's gonna be shut down plus i'm not sure we even have enough explosives to take down the tower and this I have to improvise to take down this after the tower. Who has the explosive? Hannibal. As you guys traverse through this, you get to another thing. It's like secure zone C security checkpoint. And there's, it's sort of like a metal detector in a way. It's like a ring that you would step into. Anyone know what that thing does? It's a security checkpoint. Scans you the biometric data. I look around. Uh, do the conveyor belts go to the next area? Yes. And th you're sort of at the last process of dark trooper right before it gets in like you see a fully built dark trooper phase one right before it goes into the next room that might trigger an alarm won't it i think it might be better to risk the conveyor belt sounds like a plan how are you gonna break into the conveyor belt areas there's not like a door to enter it no not not you talk about the conveyor belt to the side no like not a hatch or anything nope hmm. but when has that ever stopped my players in any game i've ever played there's not a door there will be a door in a second just give me a second to look at my character Trying to break the force field might trigger it anyway. I have the rings of alien geometries or whatever. The portal rings? We don't know where it lets out. We don't know if we can get out once we're in it, though. No, we don't. Hannibal says, whatever we do, we must do it quickly. We lose our advantage every second. We sit here deliberating. So it scans us and then what? It opens the door for only certain people? The way it works at the headquarters. Baron, they consider you the rook. You might still be in the program. You might be able to open the door. He kind of looks at you, raises an eyebrow and says, lateral thinking, I like it. I'm willing to give it a shot. Kind of pushes past you two, and he steps into the scanner. Vic, when the door opens, get ready to portal it. Okay. The uh, ring goes above him and below him, sort of coming from the ground to the top and down. And as it does, there's these blue lights that are on a plane, a very thin, sort of flat plane that scan him as it goes up and down. Identity verified. Subject, Rook. Access denied. And then you hear alarms trigger all around the facility. And Baron kind of looks back at you and goes, well, I don't think I have access anymore. And the door in front of you opens up regardless. However, standing in the door is a dark trooper that rushes into the room, falling behind it is another one, and then flying in is a dark trooper phase two. Everyone's got a roll initiative. Listeners at home who may have forgotten what dark troopers and dark trooper phase two look like. The phase one sort of is a mix between very, very cybernetic. Any sort of organic part is housed in metal with a metal blade that is just superheated to the point where like almost metal starts dripping off of it and it has extra blades in its arm. And then the other one sort of has more plating on it and can fly and doesn't have legs and carries a very large sort of gun. What are your initiatives? Jimmy got 12, Vic got 23. 34 for Landris, 17 for Kentar. As these dark troopers rush in, they take no time to discuss, warn, or rest. They just begin attempting to take off your heads. Uh, however, Lanris, you have the quickest reflexes, you get to go first. 
Lanners was expecting something to happen when the alarms went off, so he's ready with his bow and he pulls out the adamantine arrows, seeing as the dark troopers, and it's firing at one of the phase one soldiers coming in the door. It's rushing, like, beelining for you, so you're just... It's just running right into these arrows, and they go in deep. It seems like the adamantine's pretty effective versus it, and goes straight into this thing. However, it is going straight after you, so it gets up to you. It just slices clean through anything that would have gotten in its way. Gives you a nice, fresh burn cut. Good news is it seals it on its own, so you're not bleeding. I mean, that's kind of cool, right? However, it, it charged, so it gets its only attack. Victor. I uh, step up to the other dark trooper. Phase one, and I hit him with my adamantine hammer. You smash his arm, and you, when you pull your hammer away, there's a dent left over. You you did it. You, it's unlike before when you fought this guy, and it was like, we're going to have to hit this thing with a million paper cuts. This is a nice hit. It is now phase two's turn. This thing is just floating above the one you just hit, and it, f- it flies to the top of this room, to the ceiling, and it points its gun at you, Lanaris. Bow, bow, bow. And then points its gun to Victor. Bow, bow, bow. This gun is a very strange gun. It fires essentially like these orbs. And it's not like bullets where it's just like you can't see them. You can see these orbs coming at you. And as these things hit you, like you have to completely dodge them because whatever organic material they touch, not organic, whatever, whatever they touch just disintegrates. It's like antimatter. So it's not like your armor protects you. Anything, anytime you don't get hurt here or don't die, it's because you dodged enough of it. And it's going to fire a shot at... Kentaro. The first one that's next to you, Lanners. Yes. That attacked you before. Attacks again. It can move up to me when I attack. I thought I just attacked when we got an attack. No, these things have temporal accelerators, and they get to choose when they take their second round set of actions. So for example, oh. this phase two. Does it, I don't need to explain myself to you. I'm the G- if I wanted, to, no, I just if I wanted to cheat, I could. You know what? They all get five turns. Question me again. Because what I remember is that like every time we attacked, it would basically attack back. Right, but that was a prototype. Okay. Am I, do I have to justify myself to you any further? A Christian? This thing just starts slicing and dicing. And every time we try to dodge, it's just like one step faster than you. It keeps hitting you. And you dodge and it almost predicts where you're going to go again. And it slices at you four times. The other dark trooper that is next to me, you, is going to have some fun with you. Oh, and I didn't mention, but uh, the one that attacked you, Lanris, as it uh, attacks you, you see parts of it repair. And it's the same thing with you, Victor. As this thing attacks you, you see it repair. Kentaro's turn. Kentaro fires his vortex gun, doing the essentially guaranteed damage that thing always does, twisting and bending the thing. That makes it Hope's turn. Hope sees how badly it just rinses Lanris. She spreads her feet out to stabilize herself, and she grits her teeth, and her fists roll up to the point where she's white-knuckling. And then her her sort of hair begins to float a little bit, and she a little spark appears off of her leg, and then off of her arm, and then she begins to crackle with electricity. And you hear her like in pain as this is happening. And then just, this electricity is is outstanding. There's so much on her you can barely see her. And she starts like screaming. And then you see the electricity sort of goes from her extremities and starts going closer to her chest and then to her arm. And she, she's trying to focus all of this electricity into her hands. But you see it's extremely painful. She squits her teeth, you see blood in her teeth. And then all electricity sort of stops and it's just in this ball of electricity in her hands. And she releases it and it flies into the dark trooper face to it's in the um, air and then starts bouncing. Bolts of electricity bounce from one dark trooper to the next one back to the main one and then just starts bouncing all the way through them and it does it just lightning fast. What the heck spell was that? It was chain lightning that part of her spell perfection feat, so she got to maximize it. Oh, wow. 
This electricity devastates these robots. While the flying one was able to sort of disperse it across its armor, the one next to you, Victor, you see it just shake and jolt and then until electricity dissipates and it's burnt all over. It does not look as nice and clean and bright as before. The one next to you, Lanris, falls on its knees and then falls limply to the ground. Jimmy's turn. James is going to shoot the Dark Trooper Phase 2 with a high-caliber piercing round. Jimmy Lang targets the Dark Trooper Phase 2, lines up a shot and fires a high-caliber piercing round, which breaks the force field and slams into the hull of this Dark Trooper. The Dark Trooper Phase 2 sort of looks at Jimmy, points to him, and says things in a language you don't understand. It's just a robotic noise. And the Dark Trooper that's next to you, Victor, turns its attention to Jimmy Lang. The Dark Trooper Phase 1, you understand what it's saying here. And it runs over to Jimmy, giving you a tech opportunity. Only Vic can understand that one, or we all can? Everyone can understand that one. It's speaking Elvish. It runs over to Jimmy. Neutralizing. And Jimmy goes, neutral, what? And it grabs Jimmy's arm, stretches it out, takes its blade, and brings it down and cuts off Jimmy's arm, just like it did with your arm laying wrist back when you first fought it. The victor when you first fought a dark trooper. And Jimmy just screams out. He did not have a cybernetic arm. His real arm was just cut off. Does it cauterize it? It does. His arm and gun fall to the ground, and he just screams. Baron runs over, takes his flail, swings it around, and slams it into this dark trooper. He It seems like after he hits it, he wraps it around the dark trooper's blade, and the mace begins to heat up just like the blade does. And when it gets heated up enough, he pulls it away, and he smirks as his flail is now glowing red. Back to the top of the order, Lanras. I'm going to start checking out the robot. I looked out Dark Trooper that fell before me. You said it was healing before. Does it still seem like it's going to be maybe getting back up if someone doesn't step on its head? You know you have an item that can help you out with that. A super cool item that you never use. Vitality 0%. Neat. Okay. Yeah, so I'm going to active camo, move over behind some cover, pulling out my healing syringe. Now it is Victor. Seeing that Baron has the other Dark Trooper, I perceive that Phase 2 is more of a threat. I open up my left hand and shoot three shots of electricity at it. While the electricity seems to be effective, it is a hardy built machine. The phase two, it's flying in the air. It fires two shots at Kentaro and two shots at Victor. And then it fires a rocket at Victor that is also going to be hitting Hope. After you have shot the phase two trooper, it points to you and makes more noises again, and then you hear the phase one trooper say, and it runs over to you, Landris. Uh, Victor, the dark trooper rushes at you, swipes at you, and stabs you in between the shoulder and the chest, and then swipes, gets part of your jugular, and then tries to gut you, but you dodge it enough, but it, there's now like a scrape across your belly. It seems like trying to hit vitals, it's not just wildly flailing. Kintaro's turn. Kintaro shoots his gun, and it seems to get especially effective as it sort of disables him for a second, and this makes it Hope's turn. Hope fell to her knee after casting that spell, seemed to take a lot out of her. As she's like sort of leaning on the ground with her knee and hand on the ground, she puts her other hand on the ground and her hands glow blue and the floor turns to blue hue and lines to each of you. Your color literally turns blue and then sort of fades back to your normal colors. Kind of, it almost hurts a little bit and you twitch a little bit as your muscles supernaturally grow and get bigger. Everybody got a plus four to their strength. That is Hope's turn. Jimmy's gonna scream in pain. It's his turn. <laughs> Baron's turn. He does that teleportation thing again where he uses suit to teleport up to a, the Dark Trooper Phase 2, falling on it and bringing its flail down on it. It's Baron, top of the order, Landris. <sighs> Landris looks down at the syringe and looks up at the dark Phase 2 Dark Trooper. And he's like breathing heavy and his vision's waving. He drops the syringe. He points his bow at the Phase 2 Dark Trooper. Landris says, 
You guys better take that thing out. And like after he lets go of the arrow, he puts his hand down to support himself on like a desk and then just like falls over under the desk. The entangling shot gets caught up in the thing's jetpack and it falls to the ground. And then you see it turn its jetpacks on high and it burns through the rest of whatever was entangling its jetpacks. It will remain entangled, but it will be able to fly again soon. It is, Victor. I'm still going to full round action this guy. Get rid of him. You smash its head off, and it lightning quick. It goes to grab you, and it misses. And you see its feet, little anchors come out onto the ground. And then it starts crackling electricity and humming. And then the humming gets louder and louder as time goes on. And it starts shaking. It's going to blow up. I'm running away. I'm running towards the other one. The the, the one on the ground, the Dark Trooper face too? Mm-hmm. I hate that I have not been able to have a full round action in the past... <laughs> Two battles. This is making me mad. <laughs> it flies into the air. No, it's got one round more time to be flying. What is Hannibal doing through all of this? I know you're going to say that. I just didn't. I just don't question things. I thought it from the very beginning. I'm like, it's just, it's just, no, it's fine. He's going to be doing. He's just he, watching. It's, just, it's like what he's going to do. He's laser pistol and he's going to do four damage each round if he hits. It's like not He's worth got it. a little bag of popcorn. He's just eating it and watching. Yeah, it's, it's not worth the effort. What is he doing? I'll tell you, you know what Hannibal's doing through all this? Hannibal ran through the door. You lost track of him for like half the battle. And now here towards like the end of the battle, he's coming back and he has a broken computer he's ripped off of the ground. He puts it into the doorway and the door comes down on it and stops and is trying to break through this computer and slowly crunching through to block off your access into the room. These Star Troopers just came through. The Hannibal bought you a few seconds so that you guys can hopefully get through after you kill these Dark Troopers. Uh, the thing, this quantum lashes lash out at you and then it fires, it splits a shot between you and Hope and it just starts tearing through your side, your stuff. You think you're missing some ribs now and you are, you are beaten badly, making it self-destruct's turn, which is gonna self-destruct. You ran away from it. The thing explodes catching Hope and Jimmy in the blast. And there's now only the Dark Trooper Phase 2 left. Kentaro looks out the ground, kicks up uh, Jimmy's rifle, uh, doesn't make a joke because of the circumstance, and just fires at the uh, Phase 2 Dark Trooper. Having chosen an EMP round, it is especially effective versus this thing, and it immediately turns its attention over to Kentaro. Hope's turn. She takes a couple steps to it and says, I cannot tell you. She hurls something at it, but you can't see. Like, there's something invisible goes through the air. How much I hate! And throws another one. And then she puts her hands together and throws something at it with both her hands. Uh, machines! It kind of like reels back from each shot. And then it starts like slowing down. And you see it's like trying to move and it's like it, everything starts locking up. And then you see the mist of ice come off of it as it is frozen. And she screams, um, that won't hold it for very long. Baron says, perfect. And the helpless creature has very low AC. Baron just starts smashing at this thing, and it's just breaking pieces off of this thing. Since he has the flail, it's just like, just move your arm left and right, bang, bang. It's like that scene in, um, in Silence of the Lambs where Hannibal Lecter's just beating the cop down with his own baton. A little less elegant, perhaps. Bringing up to Lannerus' turn. Lannerus, make a death save. I lose a hit point. And it is Victor's turn. Hey, Victor, it's right next to you. It's helpless. It's frozen. I'm going to full round action it. Yay! <laughs> I see Baron just wailing on it. I'm going to just take it or turn my um, Earthbreaker around with a spike is pointing out and just start hitting it on the other end of it. Just 
trying to break every piece of this thing off. As you're destroying this thing and, and it's well armored outside, as you peel it away, you see what is essentially a phase one dark trooper inside of it. And your final blow, you bring down the hammer straight above you and straight and all the way down. And you bring it, you cave the thing's head all the way down into the most lower extremity of this machine, absolutely annihilating it. End initiative. Quickly, get through the door. It won't stay up much longer. And the, and the door keeps cracking down on this computer he's put in the way. Hope grabs Jimmy's collar and drags him over through the door. Baron runs through. Kentaro, we need to get Landris. Come on. He runs over and grabs Landris. I help him. Okay, you guys get through and eventually the door crunches through and closes and locks you out from the beginning parts of the facility. And Kentaro, he immediately is attentive to Landris and he, and he pulls out Landris's medical equipment uh what's the gun you have he has a nanite gun he grabs your nanite gun and he like he just like injects landris like three times without even seeing it work landris landris not yet buddy you can't leave me yet come on i i, I, I didn't go anywhere <sighs> oh. Oh. <sighs> so we won right or are we dead <laughs> well and he kind of looks around and he says so far so good i'm gonna go check out jimmy's arm uh with a 21 on a heel check just to kind of look and see what it looks like yeah, the arm is irrelevant. The explosion ripped through his armor, shredded him up, burned him up. He he is in the last moments of life. Hope sort of tries to like get his helmet off, and she, she doesn't know how it works. She goes, Can someone please help me take this helmet off? I help her. You easily find how to detach it and take it off. And Jimmy's like bleeding out of his nose and his ears and his mouth. And he's of course obviously missing his arm. And he's like, <coughs> "This ain't this ain't how I thought I'd go." <laughs> Jimmy, if we, if we get out of this, just, do you want me to do anything? Just name it. <laughs> I ain't got no one. I ain't got nothing. It's just me. And he looks up at Hope and he says, Hey, <clears throat> hey, how about that kiss? And um, she pauses for a second and then she leans in and she kisses him. That's good. That's good. Dirt back to the end, Jimmy. <laughs> With that, he smiles at that and he passes. And so this is the moment of horror as you sort of look up and now take in, in your surroundings and you're seeing phase two dark troopers by the dozens being built to your left and right on these conveyor belts. There's no telling how many more are going to come out of the woodwork. We have no time to mourn. We have to move forward. I'm sorry. Let's move. Hopefully when we rig this place to blow, it'll topple over on this. One can only hope. Let's get moving. And Kataro is like helping you up like you're an old man. I knew if I sat there looking at my own wounds, you guys are never going to take that thing down. <laughs> he like punches you and says, don't do that again. Next time you heal. <laughs> Hopefully there won't be a next time. As you guys are looting, Jimmy, Hope brings her fingers down and closes his eyes. She rips the badge off his uniform, his puts it in her pocket. Is anyone going to take the Cyclex, the Silex and the detonator? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like C4 essentially, right? Yeah, it's essentially D4, yep. And the detonator is attuned to that. It's very specific. It's attuned to Silex. So in other words, if you hit the detonator, you're not going to blow up the stuff that is on Hannibal and just kill everyone. You're just going to blow up that Silex. And you guys head out and you see there's a big sign, exit. I turn to Hope and say, hey, if I die, does that mean you're going to hug me? <laughs> she smirks and says, not in a thousand years. As you guys are leaving the Dark Trooper facility, materializing in front of you is an old man wearing a black pea coat and having a wide-brimmed black hat with a flat-top pork pie hat. And he looks at you and goes, Well, 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 as he takes off his hat. Visit the heroes of Kadesh. I've been waiting for you.
Trailblazers is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great RPG podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? Email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. Your players have been Christian and Tim, and Caleb has been your GM. This is Johan Martins. Thanks for listening. Lanris. Uh, there's one still falling. One of the soldiers is still falling, correct? Yes, he's still... And he hasn't gone jump. yet, so he's flat-footed. Correct. Awesome. I'm going to fire at the one falling. He's got one trajectory to follow, and I'm going to follow that. He takes a total of 127 damage. That is radical. That is his hit points. That is crazy. <laughs> That's crazy, Christian. You, that's exactly... We're leaving this part in. You rolled exactly his health. I'm hitting the table so I can't use any of this audio. <laughs> that's crazy. You rolled exactly his health. Ooh, neat. Do I get a bonus? You, no, you kill him. That's your bonus. Yes, awesome. That's all I wanted.